place where people forget that Jack Stein is supposed to host the show. They don't. And he texts everybody in the building, and no one replies except for Andrew, my one and true friend, my one and only friend that I have on this show is Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Okay, making a note here. Compromise Andrew's phone today. Thank you. Check. Okay, send. Uh, Jack Stein, Spike O'Neill, a.k.a. Mr. Tough on Crime. Uh, Spike, this uh, this bill is uh, seems like you'd be pretty upset about this drug bill that's being passed through the legislature, letting people go to diversion treatment programs. Ooh. Yeah, you know me, man. I'm the I'm the Marquis de Sade of law enforcement. I want an iron mask <laughs> on these people. I want them welded into their recovery. <laughs> so... Uh, the Senate passed a bill on Friday that includes options to choose treatment at each stage of the judicial process. So I'm a big fan of this kind of thing. I enjoy it, Spike. I think that it's good to try to divert people from uh, having a, a – fe- it's not a felony anymore. What is it? What are they calling it? It's, it a goes gross from misdemeanor? Be- so it went from being a misdemeanor to a gross misdemeanor, correct? Yeah, I believe so. And so, but then people have these stages in which they can have that removed from their record, according to this bill can they can go through treatment and then it gets it's gone it's no longer on your record well that's kind of keeping in what we've been saying all along about this process is that the 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 penal system really isn't doing its job of rehabilitation it is it is only uh, you know it's punishing and sometimes cruel manners and it's teaching crime it's it's indoctrinating uh offenders into the culture of of crime and schooling them on how to become better criminals when then released upon society and if we're going to make these guys, if we're going to make addiction a crime, mm-hmm. which is what we're doing, it's, it's possession. But we're talking about people who are so addicted to their, their habits, they can't walk away and do the common sense right thing. And so if at any point in time they realize that a healthier, safer life is there for them for the taking, let's keep offering them that option throughout the course of the process. All it's going to do is take people out of our penal system. Yeah, so the bill requires the court to sentence a defendant to jail for 21 days on the second sentencing and 45 days on the third sentencing for a drug possession conviction if the court finds they, quote, willfully abandoned treatment or consistently fail to comply with treatment, which I, I'm, I'm okay with this. I, I think there's an example in this article talking about people who are maybe a little bit too, for as much as I hate to use this word, a little bit too lefty. They're a little bit too woke. Okay. And they're saying... Well, when you throw the book at these people, we're not actually treating the underlying, you know, and they say, so this is too rigid. The idea of taking it from a misdemeanor to a gross misdemeanor is too rigid. But I'm thinking that this is a, a great compromise, unless I'm reading this article wrong, unless I'm in bizarro world and I, I'm, I'm reading an alternative reality. I find nothing wrong with this bill that says we're going to allow you to divert to treatment in order to have your record clean. Am I reading this correctly, Spike? Or, I think you've there... got it right. And, you know, when I saw 14 Democrats and 14 Republicans yeah. voted for this, I'm like, wait a minute. Something's <laughs> up. I mean, seriously, compromise, bipartisan compromise and a right. solution that actually benefits the community and the citizens that live in it. OK. So but this is where I'm reading a lot of uh, kind of and I hate to use this word, but kind of lefty criticisms of this bill. And it comes from people who are saying that, that these are still draconian measures that these are antiquated measures to try to help these people. Now, I understand that some of the people who are critical of this have had family members who have been addicts or they have had uh, they have friends who have been addicts as someone. I don't know if you know this about me, Spike. I usually don't talk about myself very much, 
but I don't know if I ever told you that I was a drug addict for many years. <laughs> have I told you this? Mike? What? <laughs> Something I could have used before I agreed to do a show with you. I, <laughs> I, know, I, never, no. I know it's a huge surprise. Yeah. And I know I never talk about it. And whoever but, had under 10 minutes on the show bingo card, well done. Well played. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Well done today. But I, I think it's important for people to hear from somebody who was a drug addict that if I had been caught with drugs, which I never was, but had I been, and they offered me 21 days in jail or 45 days in jail, or I could go to rehab, I would have gone to rehab. It just would have been. And also, I think that people need to realize that most people have to go to rehab three or four times before it sticks, or they got to go to treatment multiple times. Multiple times. Yeah. Especially when you're, especially when you're, uh, you're sentenced to rehabilitation. You know, that's the thing. Cause I mean, I, like I told you many times myself, I am 30 some years out of rehab. And I, I got lucky. I went one and done because it was my decision to go. Yeah. Folks who are forced into rehab haven't made the, haven't hit their bottom yet. Haven't made the decision that their life has become unmanageable. They still think they've got a handle on things. Do you remember, Spike, I think I said this like last week, how we're, we're, there's kind of a great relearning going on where people are, they're kind of realizing that we've gone a little bit too far in one direction and now they're trying to pull it back. Yeah, yeah. I think I think this is a great example of this where we were trying to effectively decriminalize drugs all the way down. Yeah. And then people realize that that doesn't work. Like, I, I think that there's a, a reason why in the United States, for as much as the libertarian in me wants to have decriminalized drugs all around, I at the same time realize that if you do that, if you completely decriminalize heroin, cocaine, fentanyl, or whatever it is, you will have an avalanche of broken, traumatized people who are using that as a soothing or a coping mechanism right. in order to get through their day. Couldn't and they're they're just going to get worse over time. So I, I don't know. I, I'm conflicted about it in so many ways, Spike, as a, as a deep and philosophic individual. I would like to live in a society where if I, as a consenting adult, choose to do narcotics, that I should be able to do that. And yet at the same time, I also realize that there are people out there that do not possess the mental faculties in order to maintain healthy relationships, a job, uh, and, and be under the influence. So there's this balance that I think we need to find between those two ideas. Do you know what I mean? I do. Well, you're, to quote the great Joni Mitchell, you've looked at drugs from both sides now. Yes. Yeah. You know, from win yeah. and lose and still somehow it's drugs illusions. You recall, you really don't know drugs at all. <laughs> wow. Some good, some Joni Mitchell <laughs> deep cuts, buddy. Wow. Um, you know, here's the thing. You have, you know, dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Yeah. As they times. like to say, right? So you, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you know from which you speak. And so many folks who pass judgment on the addicted really have never uh, even known someone, a family member or friend who's dealt with a horrific, horrific hellscape that is drug addiction. You know, and so you've got this position where you literally have looked at drugs from both sides now. You really have. You, you, have, you have done everything possible to get your fix. And mm-hmm. you've and you've found a life of of sobriety that that shows you your how to realize your potential. It's all right there waiting for you. And if we've got somebody who's a, a lifetime on the streets, drug user, criminal, to supply their habits, and at any time during the process of being punished and being incarcerated on our dime in a for profit prison system that wastes our tax dollars and doesn't yeah. do the job we hired for, if at any point in time we can give these guys you know, the trap door out of that, that system, the penal system. I don't see how it's, there's a downside to this. I really don't. You know, it also scares me though, uh, uh, Spike, not to rip on left wingers too much, but, but the, the, on the opposite side of that, you have many right 
political commentators. And they say that we need to adopt a system like how they have in the Philippines or how oh. they have in Thailand where oh. uh, drug dealers are executed, executed. Yeah, that's... or that they, they haven't. Have you seen the footage of what goes on in Afghanistan now with, with drug addicts, with opiate addicts? No. So they're taken off the streets. They're, they have these police gangs that go around. And I, I don't say, I, I literally mean they're gangs. They go yeah. around with bat- batons and they try to find people that they suspect of being opiate addicts. Could be anybody. And they pick them up off the street and they take them to a treatment center where they detox uh, with no no supplemental medication. <sighs> they they shave their heads. They wear uh, what looks like to be a halfway between prison garb and hospital scrubs. And there are thousands upon thousands of these men in these facilities. And if they if a, if a family member does not come to claim them. They because they don't know what they're doing in Afghanistan. They just leave them in that facility. With, so there's no trial, there is no judge, there is no nothing. It's just these kind of judge dread police. And sometimes they get guys that are not addicted to opiates. Sometimes they get guys that are their quote unquote political enemies. Or oh, you know oh, I mean? oh, so oh. so my my concern is is that when we when we kind of I forget which political commentator said this, uh, but he said something to the to the effect of we need to do what Duarte did in the early 2000s. Uh, um, and Jesus. Duarte was the, was the dictator of uh, the Philippines. He said, we need to do what he did to drug dealers in the United States. Now, what you're talking about then is having roving bands of police officers going around and, and finding suspected drug addicts or drug Dealers. users and killing them in the streets. Right, That's what right. you would want. Oh, my God. So, so I don't know. It, this, to me, seems like a very happy medium. And yet and, and it seems like a perfectly reasonable medium. And yet I see people on both sides of the the aisle still complaining about this. That, well, I, that's I, that's how you know you got a good deal. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. You know, I, I, I yeah. sold cars for about six years before yeah. radio found me and dragged me from that horrific experience. And my old man, my old man ran car. When I was growing up, my old man ran car dealerships. He had yeah. seven car dealerships and we owned the neighborhood bar. So I was actually, I was taught to BS for a living. That was my Stock and trade. And the old man said, when both sides could have and would have liked to have done better, you've got a good deal. Mm, and yeah. so if you've got people on the far right saying it's not hard enough on these drug addict criminals and people on the left saying, oh, it's just too harsh. Where's the compassion? If both sides are unhappy with this deal, maybe we finally have found some compromise that can that can work. I mean, it's 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 horrific. But, you know, statesmanship and compromise have been vilified, if not killed off completely. Yeah, you know, you remember yeah. uh, the, the Tea Party. I'm not. I don't mean to get you know pejorative on, on political leanings, but when the Tea Party says if you even if you even talk to a member of the opposite party, if you if you go into negotiations or have a committee meeting with somebody with a Democrat, we will primary you out of existence. And they did. Yeah, yeah, they really did. And I mean, statesmanship is compromise. I mean that that's yeah. the, that's our whole form of government. Everybody going into the, to the table, finding you know where you can make concessions, where you can fight for the things that are that are bedrock important to you, coming up with a side that neither side's crazy about, but both sides can live with. Yeah. So on that note, I, I saw uh, an interview once with Ted Cruz, and this is back when he was in his um, his I guess his flame war with Amy Klobuchar. Do you remember when they would go back and forth on Twitter? Sure. It was it was awful. They were saying awful things about each other, and somebody interviewed him. And they said, do you really not like Amy Klobuchar? And he says, I, actually, Amy and I are very good friends. We have lunch on a regular basis. We just do that for the, for the show. For the performative <laughs> politics. For yes. the performative yes. politics. And I think to myself, 
well, why couldn't you just tell people that you that you like Amy Klobuchar? Why couldn't you just say, why do you have to do this thing where you go on Twitter and you talk about how she's trying to destroy this country, so on and so forth? Because he's fundraising. She, he's, it's, it's in his campaign. It's, it's in his flyers. Right. It's in his mailers. Uh, speaking of national politics, by the way, uh, Joseph Robinette Biden has decided to tell Democrats to get very tough on crime. Now, Joe Biden has a history of being fairly tough on crime. He kind of followed that early uh, 80s, uh, early 90s model of law and order that yeah, has its origins yeah. in, the, in the Nixon presidency. He, has a, he was one of the, the chief sponsors of the 94 crime bill, which was uh, overwhelmingly popular amongst many conservatives. And so today he finds himself in a position where he's having to push back against people who are saying that we should be lax on crime. And I think that over the last three or four years, correct me if I'm wrong, Spike, but over the last three or four years, people are, are have gotten very tired and very frustrated with this idea of being, quote unquote, lax on crime. It sounded like a nice idea. It sounded really fun. Like, hey, let's not let's not jail the guy who steals Tide from a from a Walmart. Let's not do that. Or, or a sandwich from a, a sandwich shop. Right. And then we all saw how that worked out over the last three or four years. And yeah. I think I, I think everybody, if you're a reasonable, reasonable and rational, rational person, uh, either Democrat or Republican, I think everybody kind of has come together on this and saying, we don't want to live in a world where it's we have this kind of, hey, man, you want to take my stuff from my store? Go ahead. You just have it. So you're free. Right, right. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, Jack, because I think you're right. We have come to a point where we can all agree nobody wants that. Yes. The problem yeah. is the problem is we still have people trying to win elected office. So you yeah. actually ha- you actually yeah. have um, candidates with, you know, let's make crime illegal again. I swear that was a working slogan here during the la- locally in Washington during the last election cycle. And, and here's the problem. Anybody who thinks either party wants to make crime legal, you, you're, you're buying what they're selling. And that's not, that's not a re- realistic, that's not reality. Well, well, I mean, Spike, there, the, what I would push back against it would basically be like this. You, when you have elected Democratic officials who are putting forth or sponsoring bills at the state level or the federal level that is trying to just strip law enforcement of their capabilities or, you know, strip uh, uh, judicial systems of their abilities or, or mandatory sentencing guidelines being shifted and, and changed. That would say to me that this is somebody who wants to make crime lax and, and not, you know what I mean? This I, is, you know, I, I can't argue with that. You're right. right. The don't don't chase bad guys was it, it's a horrific plan. Right. You're right. And, You're right. I, I, from that perspective, I can see how that can be a slogan that works for you. I just the, the hyperbole beyond yes. beyond reality and reason. It's what keeps us from getting stuff done. Yeah. And, you know, I would say like most if you ask most suburban Democrats, I'm not talking about, you know, like your hardcore Bernie bros. I'm not talking about your hardcore. I'm just talking about suburban mom who's a Democrat. She's got three kids in, in middle school and elementary school. You talk to that woman. She's going to say, oh, no, this is ridiculous. I, I think that crime should be prosecuted. Right. The problem is, is that the sound bites come from the, the poli-sci post-grad who goes on Fox News, who talks about abolishing prisons. <laughs> right, right, I mean? right, 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 right. <laughs> Letting cry. And then, uh, yeah. that's, the, that's the sound bite that people hear. And they don't talk to their neighbors about it. And so then they just think all Democrats want crime so that they can cause the socialist uprising so that we all live in a communist society. Right. Yeah, no, no, I've, I've, I've seen the interviews. You're exactly right. Right. So, so so Biden sided with the Republican way of thinking with regard to Washington, D.C. That's that's yeah. that's the issue at hand that we're talking about. That got, that's getting the headlines. Biden's getting crap from Democrats because he is 
taken a hard line on on criminality in the district. Oh, in, in D.C. In D.C. Okay. Yeah, because you know, D, uh, maybe this is this is a more a more broad conversation about being tough on crime in general. But I know that the D.C. is trying to find a a crime bill that can help the D.C. police crack down on some of the crime in their city because D.C. literally is run by the federal government. Yeah. All yeah. the policies in D.C., all the all the money D.C. gets doesn't come from a local government. They don't have one. It comes from Congress. So here's both sides not being happy with the deal, not coming to the table, not getting a compromise. And here's Biden saying, well, wait a minute. Let's just get something done for D.C. Yeah. And so he said, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, he, so he says, I support D.C. statehood and home rule, but I don't support some of the changes D.C. council put forward over the mayor's objections, such as lowering penalties for carjackings. That, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, so I think there is this this change. Right. And and I heard from many other pundits out there that this would never happen, that the left was going to keep going more left and more left and more left. But what I see now is, is there's this this readjustment that is occurring. There's this kind of cycling back to the middle. And I predicted this when it happened. I said that these bills were going to come out. These laws were going to pass. They were going to be unpopular. They weren't going to work. And then your independents or your moderate Democrats were going to start saying, we don't want this in our town or in our state or whatever it is. And then it was going to change. Because, And I, I know that people like to say that parties are, are quote unquote beholden to the extremes. And in some cases they are. But when it gets so extreme that people's lives are being directly affected with catalytic converter theft or you have a drug addict who won't leave your front lawn because he set up a tent there and now that's his home. Or, or when, begin to- when everybody thinks that any crime is a capital punishment crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able yeah, to yeah. shoot somebody who's trying to steal your catalytic converter or trying to break into your house. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I think that's where the the change comes from. You know, I, uh, I, I wish it was. I wish it was that uh, deep and and morally driven. But I think it's just Democrats don't want to have to campaign against soft on crime. Really, I, I, I really do. I think this whole wow. Biden stepping up and saying let's address crime and take take the issue off the table in twenty twenty four. That's actually pretty based. That's actually pretty based, Mike. I, I should have stolen that from you in the pre-show. Not a problem, my friend. There's plenty, plenty of love to go around here. Spike, I don't think I can. I don't think I can continue doing the show. Why? Why? I think Why? I, I, I'm having an emotional. I'm having what? What are they? I'm compromised. I'm decompensating, as they say in wow. psychiatry, because I just found out that you're telling me that Toblerone is not actually Swiss. It's not Swiss you're enough, t- my friend. In fact, the cheese you've been buying at your local grocer—they drill the holes in that Swiss cheese in the back room. I can't. It's not even Swiss continue. enough. I can't continue. <laughs> you know what? I was, I was telling Aaron yeah. Granillo. Thank goodness that the Swiss have fixed every problem in their country. That they can focus on a chocolate bar not being Swiss enough. Right, yeah. Hey, but you know what? I, that, actually, I, I like yeah. truth in advertising, you know? But it, I'm fine with it if there's a little... I, I'm okay with it if, if they say that it's kind of Swiss. I mean, it kind of ruins the... <laughs> you know? it, it's Swiss-ish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I feel like this is a... There are so many problems on God's green earth, okay? We got homeless problems. You've got children growing up in a chaotic world. You've got a, a, a climate crises, if you want to call it yeah, that. Yeah. You've got... Uh, a political unrest around the world. Couldn't we just let the Toblerone thing slide? 
<laughs> just I, I was going to look the other way. I was one. You know, put on I, sale. That's fine. You know, yeah. I was I was willing to look the other way, and and now you're forcing me to confront the lie, and I don't appreciate. Hey, speaking of, by the way, forcing people to confront the lie, millennial parents are saying no to raising the next Jeff Bezos uh, because it's more important for their children to be happy than successful. Now, this is a very millennial type thing. As a millennial, <laughs> I'll tell you that, unfortunately, the people who are my age... Uh, Andrew, I think you're a Zoomer, right? Andrew, you're only 12 years old. Correct? I'm right on the wire. I'm, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm an old Zoomer or a young millennial. One okay, the, very good. And then, uh, Chris Martin, you're Gen X, right? Yep, totally. Okay, God. so as the... As the ex- <laughs> and then Spike I is am, our boomer. I'm a boomer. I am. I'm full on in the boomer, man. <laughs> So as the authority on millennials, unfortunately, <laughs> millennials are much more keen on experiences rather than things. They want to have uh, they want to feel a sense of fulfillment in in the action rather than th- nice things. Now, I happen to be misplaced in the millennials because I like nice things. I like nice guitars. I like living in a nice home. If I had a car, I'm sure I would lease a very nice car. Uh, millennials have taken this to such a degree that they don't want their children to focus on, or at least according to the survey, they don't necessarily want their children to focus on making and accruing wealth as much as they find happiness. Now, I'm all for that, but the secret to life is making money doing the thing that makes you happy. That's That's how you win in life, is when you get paid to, like, Spike, I love doing radio. I don't know what it is. I just like doing it. I'm good at it. I sit in front of a microphone. I tell people what I think about stuff. Some people, like a a good friend of mine, he loves working with computers. He loves taking them apart, putting them back together again. He gets joy out of that. He gets paid to do it. What I think millennials are, are, are basically telling people in so many ways is like, don't, you don't necessarily have to be successful. Just kind of like, you know, do your job or, or do something. And then you'll find happiness outside of that. But I have a very Protestant perspective on this where, where I, I happen to think that you find work and value or excuse me, value and meaning through work and, and through labor. And that's how we find a really what what makes us us. Right. That's kind of what makes America America. I mean, not to be right, put too yeah. much of a star spangled bow on it, but that's you know, that's really what it is. My old man told me something and he, I swear I haven't thought about this, Jack, in 30 some years. Um, the old man gave me a gift. He was like, I was working for my dad, and I'll get back to yeah. the topic in just a minute, but I was working for my dad. Uh, he ran car dealerships. I was working in the finance office of the, one of the car dealerships, and I was doing very well because I could talk banks into lending people money. You know, we, we got a buer here. He's getting this car. He's got this much down. I know his credit's not all these, but he's got these. This is his job. He's da-da-da-da-da, and, and I could get loans approved, right? I was good at what I did, but I was just miserable. I hated doing the job. I was in the office yeah. every day wearing a tie. I hated it. And my dad called me one night, one morning at like 11 o'clock after he'd seen me the night before out in the bar singing the night before. And he, he called me and said, look, uh, I appreciate that you're hanging in there in the family business. You want to do well. You're doing great. It's not that you're not performing, but you're not happy. He said, yeah. man, go, go find something that makes you happy. You have my permission to quit the family business, to go chase whatever it is that fills you up because this job here doesn't fill you up. And that is a gift. And that's, I think that's what these parents are trying to give their kids. Mm, okay. you know, it, it's, it's not because, I mean, when you look at it on the surface, let's see, housing prices have never been higher. Incomes True. don't meet your needs. Hey, kids, yeah. stop working hard. Just be happy. Seems like the most <laughs> ridiculous thing to yeah. say to a kid coming up in today's world, right? Yes. But when you think about it, look, the old adage, if, if you do something you'll love, you'll never work a day in your life. 
And, and that is more important, I think, for this, th- those 2,000 families surveyed in this, this survey. Uh, and it comes from Yahoo Life. So, woo, there's your, there's your credence to <laughs> Yahoo Life. Um, but they really have found the essence of being successful because you can make a boatload of money in a job you hate and you are never happy. You're never happy. And if, and if you do what you enjoy doing, you'll appreciate the opportunity to do it. You'll get up in the morning. I hate to quote one of the, one of the commercials we run. You get up with a why. Why you get up every morning and go yeah. do something you love. And you don't chase success and wealth. If you do something you love, that stuff finds you. So I saw an interview once with Jay Leno. I forget who was. It might have been James Lipton, I think, before Lipton passed away. It was like a... Uh, um, it was that, like that's the of- actor studio guy, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so, and he asks, it might have been, I, I don't remember who was interviewing him, but he asks Jay Leno, he says, what would you do if the apocalypse were to happen and you had to start all over again? And Jay Leno, without missing a beat, says, I'd be a comedian. He goes, this is just what I do. I, I'd be there, you know, standing on top of the rubble. Yeah. Cracking jokes because this is just yeah, what I do. Over there. Who would have thought, thought that was going to have was going to fall down? I tell you what, good day to be in the rubble business, huh, Bonnie? <laughs> There's a little little pesci in there. A little bit, 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 a little bit. Insulted him just a little bit, a little bit of an insult. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. But I think that if you can find that that purity, I suppose uh, of 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 your of your abilities right like chris martin is in a great band that is that plays uh fantastic music kinski and uh chris martin whenever i see you guys play live and in the live footage that i see that you guys have on on the internet it seems like there is this bliss and this joy that is there in the thing that you do what identifies you in your band and i i think people should try to strut not to throw you under the bus chris but and <laughs> but i think that it, it people if you can find that thing that brings you joy and, and brings you bliss in so many ways, that's the thing that you should gravitate towards. I always right? think it's really hard, though. People always act like that, and that should be your whole life. And I think things that do bring a lot of people bliss, there's no way to make that, you know, 40 hours a week in your whole yeah, life. Yeah, truth, truth. Because we're about to record a record, and I can't wait because that's the only time that whole thing about flow and you lose track of time, that yeah. happens recording records for me. But I'm not going to be able to do it all the time, so I got to weigh, weigh the pros and cons or, or money or whatever and just find devote as much time as i can to it you know but you may you're probably not going to be able at least in my experience you're not going to be able to make a living off of it but if you yeah. are then you're really lucky i agree or fortunate I agree. uh well that was that was good that was actually a really good story we got a lot out of that chris martin excellent job my yeah, friend thank you nicely done. uh Ted Nugent. And you know what I thought was weird about this song is that people thought that he sang it, even though right, it was... Right, um, not him. I always forget the guy who sang it. Amazing guitar playing. Is it Jolyn Turner or somebody singing? I think, I think so. Uh, so AI has become an issue. Deep fakes and uh, uh, voice, oh. voice AI is becoming an issue because it can mimic people's voices to such a degree that it's almost indiscernible from the actual person there's been issues coming up of uh, scammers using ai voice cloning to rip off relatives now before we get into that i'm sure you're saying well how good can it be truly how good how accurate can it be and so to show everybody an example of how accurate these ai uh, voice cloning uh, uh, algorithms work i have a clip that is near and dear to my heart which is joe biden 
versus Donald Beat Trump. Beat it. We finished it. We got the golden crown. Playing. That wasn't playing it. Over, that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't it. Playing an Overwatch game. And so they're, play, they're playing a video game together. And, and this is totally fabricated. This is, they, they are not, this is not the actual people. But listen to how accurate it actually sounds to their voices as they play the video game you are not beating the hard stuck masters allegations don that is so cap joe you know i was having a really good day today don't care Went golfing hit a few holes in one don't wanted care. to solo cue some overwatch to end the don't day care. and i see bidenator in my lobby just to ruin my day i mean it wow. sounds like yeah it doesn't that sound like donald trump and joe biden actually in a game lobby no together no it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like what i wish Joe Biden and Donald Trump sounded like when they speak. <laughs> right. Seriously, and, can we get this to just speak for Biden all the time? That'd well, there, there are there are literally thousands of these videos on YouTube where you can find Barack Obama playing modern warfare with uh, Donald Trump or George W. Bush Holy and, and cow. Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders playing Minecraft together. It is amazing how accurate these are. Now, can you recently, imagine Bernie Sanders playing with games? Are you the exes or the O's? Which one are you? Are you the, are you the, are you, are you, are you red or are you black? Kick me, kick me, kick me. <laughs> so there, and then uh, it, there's just so many of these. And, and recently, actually, someone made uh, one that was unbelievably nefarious about um, Jordan Peterson having him in an AI clone voice talking about nazi germany in a very glowing way oh this and this is where the potential gets really dangerous when you can take figures like joe rogan and have him saying stuff that he has never said and have it sound identical to the man or jordan peterson or donald trump or whoever it is this is getting really sticky so scammers are using uh, ai voice cloning to rip relatives off this has actually been going on since 2019 there was a, a firm in the uk did business with the EU and uh, the guy thought that he got a call from his boss saying you need to make a transfer of $243,000 to this company today make it happen and he did it not realizing not realizing that it was an AI generated voice deepfake and what they did is they went on the um, the website for the company and they found promo videos of the CEO talking about the company and through those audio clips they were able to generate his voice and then push it out so that's then they only need a a certain amount of audio to actually replicate somebody's voice like you could do it there's so much audio of my voice right now spike you could do it to my own voice right now pretty easily probably sure well you know and it's it's all well and good when you got you know samuel jackson giving your car directions from your gps yes (laughs) turn left again (laughs) double dog day (laughs) but but when you can't but but when you can't trust the candidates asking for your vote to actually have said the things you're watching them say i mean that is horrifying yeah you know we may never have an election after after even after the last one well, we can actually trust what we're seeing to be real. Well, I mean, so, some of the deep fakes are really obvious. I, I, I saw yeah, one. Some today of them look of, very uh, ham-handed and you know, computer-generated yeah. faces, and yeah, yeah. I saw one today of Keanu Reeves uh, on Twitter, and it's obviously not Keanu Reeves because the man's face moves, right? The man has expressions. Yeah, yeah. And in this deep fake, but I, I think what's going to have to happen is that people are going to stop have to start cross-referencing stories. So when there's a video supposedly of Jordan Peterson uh, uh, lavishing praise on Nazis, people are going to have to cross-reference that. 
and actually understand that, oh, wait, that's, that's a deep fake. That's a so he should also give the final of the Cubs Flyers game or something. You know, oh, whatever. You know, right, I just right. mixed my sports <laughs> metaphors. Well done. But like a proof of life, right? Holding right. up today's paper. Well, even that can be, even that can, yeah, be, that can be, that can be fake too. It, God, there's, that. there's no safe haven for reality anymore. Yeah, but there's also, I mean, there is though, because there's deep fake detecting technology, right? So where one industry arises, the counter industry arises as well. And so what I think right. people will get is, let us just say you have a, uh, you have an Apple product or you have a, a Microsoft product, they will likely integrate that technology into your phone or into your computer so you can hit the little app that says deep fake detection and then it scans the video and it confirms for you that this is actually a deep fake. And I can only imagine that it's going to get better over time. The, 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 the faking or the detection? The detection, the, and okay. also, but also the faking as yeah. well. I think both of them well, are going to go. It seems uh, like the criminals are always one step ahead of the good guys. Yeah, always. You know, yeah, so, wow. It's 